This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pru, sitting in the center chair this week, and I'm joined by my two distinguished ambassadors from Vulcan co-hosts. We have, of course, Ambassador Darren of Vulcan. Um, Darren, I know you're getting a little old, but why aren't you wearing any pants? Hey, when I uh, have you know that 156 is considered middle age for a Vulcan, uh, but as an admiral, I get to decide my uniform. Uh, as an ambassador, I get to decide my my uniform, and you know what? Uh, it's Tuesday, so. <laughs> so Tuesday is Vulcan Scant Day. Yes. <laughs> right, fair enough. Fair enough. And um, we also have his son joining us, uh, Ambassador of Vulcan Philip. Uh, Philip, uh, what's going on? You've been kind of in hiding for a while. Where have you been? Well, this is really the first time we've been together in a couple of years. Kind of, kind of awkward, you know. You are no people, son of mine. <laughs> many many people don't know that Darren didn't want me to go into podcasting. Um, he wanted me to to uh, do something more traditional. But um, you know, I I found it a fulfilling endeavor. Um, you know, you get to you get to bond with with new friends and um, you know explore new worlds and and basically you know screw you, Dad. You were accepted into the Vulcan Theater Academy, and yet you chose podcasting over that. Uh, live long and prosper. Anyways, um, so guys, this is yeah. This topic is is a little bit different than what we normally do. Um, I think a lot of us here uh, we listen to a bunch of shows on the network, and uh, one of the shows I listen to, of course, is Standard Orbit, our, our TOS show here on Trek FM. Uh, and if you've been listening to them at all in the past month or so, they've kind of had a bit of a, a recurring theme, I would say, or, or I guess somebody a recurring guest. And so we have... Uh, oh, Mark Cushman? I figured it was... Mark Cushman's oh, no, on today? No, 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 that was... <laughs> William Shatner, was he on? Oh, William Shatner, no, 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 sorry. But, but you know, it was interesting. Uh, they, so, well, I, I'll just introduce you. Andy, we have first time Trek here. Andy, how are you? I'm good. I'm no William Shatner, but I'm, I'm good. Can you, can you do the podcast uh, impersonating William Shatner, though? Uh, No. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't know. I saw the episode Turnabout Intruder. How do I know you're not William Shatner right now? (laughs) Don't remind me Turnabout Intruder exists, Philip. Why why would I remind Andy that Turnabout Intruder exists? I I don't know where you would. Maybe it's because you've been torturing about it for months. So, Andy, you have recently completed uh, your TOS watch uh, of your first time trek experience and um like i said if uh, of course you guys can find her on twitter we'll, we'll give you that information later you can find her on standard orbit uh, you can t- find her all sorts of places so you can definitely get her opinions 
uh, anywhere on the internet. But but just a real quick synopsis, um, Andy, as someone who's watched TNG first and then TOS, uh, what was that like? How was that transition between going from the the TNG kind of lore to what TOS did before? Well, I realized pretty quickly that I made a mistake in doing TNG first. Um, but I, and it was also difficult to go back to TOS because um, even though TNG is not completely arced, it does have like next episode. And the original series is very much every episode is standalone because um, that was the format of TV at the time. So I actually had difficulty getting some momentum going into the original series just because, you know, when these days with all the binge watching you get to the end of an episode and you immediately want to press play on the next episode and that is not the way the original series works um so i kind of had to get used to that um kind of almost like a little mini movie every single episode being uh standalone basically that was the one of the main differences between tng and tos for me Yeah, and I, I actually just, I, like I said, I was listening to some of your, what you were talking about on Standard Orbit, and what came across to me, what I thought would be interesting to talk about, especially since there's not a lot of people who have done what you have done. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that, because I think T, uh, when TNG came out, it did introduce a lot of new fans to the show, um, but it's not like it is now, where, okay, say you're say you're really getting into Star Trek as a fandom, so you'll watch whatever series you were introduced on. Maybe you'll watch the JJ movies, whatever. And then you'll go and you'll probably still start with TOS. Who knows? In the same way that maybe the people who start their watch of Star Trek with Enterprise will have a very different and interesting way of looking at Star Trek, much different than the rest of us. Um, I think it's the same thing here where what is TNG without TOS? How does that look? What's what is? How does that change the show fundamentally? And I think there are a few interesting ways. Um, when you were watching TOS, Andy, real quick, was there anything ever that jumped out at you that you were like, "Oh, yeah, that I get now," or "That I recognize," or "That's what that meant," or is it was it always just that you were just so into TOS that you were just not even thinking about Enterprise TNG? D? Oh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Um, not really. Uh, for the most part, it was more like uh, with Sarek, I, I definitely had like a deeper sense of his character f- from watching through the original series and the movies especially. Um, but n- no, it didn't impact my watching of TOS very much. I just think that I missed out on some stuff when I was watching TNG. That's really where I think the impact came in. Because when I was watching, by the time I was watching the original series, they were like, people would tweet me and they're like, now you understand that joke. And I'm like, what joke? Um, Because it just was too long in between. (laughs) But, you know, now that I have gone back and rewatched some of TNG, I'm realizing how much I missed out on uh, by just simply messing up the order of my watch. In my defense, I didn't think that me watching Star Trek would interest anyone. So I just kind of was like, well, TNG (laughs) seems like it's the most popular one. And I love Patrick Stewart. And it is. I'll start there. And I started there and I loved it. And it was great. But I missed out on some of the the jokes and some of the deeper context. Um, And so I, I do wish that I had started with the original series. 
and and I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this question to you guys as well because um, you know I mean we we know we, we're fairly familiar with each other's history with Trek, but you know as huh. well like, as you guys not like to remind to some me games. occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, whatever, whatever. Because just because the games are rigged, Philip, I wonder why. Um, uh, but no, you know, I was a first-time TNGer as well. However, by the time I got around to watching TOS fully, like I was so ingrained in TNG, I knew so much of TNG and even the later shows that I still picked up on all of the TOS stuff. Like, um, so it was easy for me to be like, oh, I get, I see. I almost saw TOS as a TNG prequel, which is not what it was designed as, but certainly that's what it came across to me as. And I know that's not the that's not the same case with a lot of Star Trek fans, but uh, but what about you guys? I mean, you guys, how do you in your viewing order and in your familiarity, like was it ever like? A TNG versus TOS thing, or was they just kind of a mishmash? Like you just saw them in in some order, or how was that experience for you, Philip? Yeah, I mean, I think for my view, because my view, I think I'm very similar to you, Daniel. I believe in that um, I'm I may have seen a TOS episode like two or three times before I saw TNG, and then I you know was T- and of course I can't remember which season I started on three, maybe four, something around there, and so watched that in live run. But the first thing I was introduced was the movies because my and I know I've said this. My dad had the movies like one through three on on v, you know recorded on a VHS, and so I that's how I saw those. That was my introduction to TOS really, other than maybe you know in the zeitgeist have seen a TOS episode on, on a rerun. So I I mean I really went backwards. So I was like you know TNG. Of course I didn't see season one or two at that point, but you know TNG and then. TOS movies, and then like early TNG, and then back to TOS, and so it was sort of leaping. So for me, TOS was always the movies, and I guess like you said, that to go back to the actual TOS show or series was like a prequel to me, because I'm like, no, no, Scotty's the big guy with the mustache. Who's the who's the thin guy in the captain's chair? I don't, I don't you know, that's, I don't, you know, what's all that about? But, um, and yeah, like, so it was always like the, the older Kirk and the younger Kirk and, and all that stuff was just very interesting to me. So... I always wonder, you know, what did I miss out on? You know, I, I don't, I don't, because I don't think I saw maybe like season one or two of TNG when maybe there's a little more throwbacks until like I maybe gotten around to actually seeing TOS itself. So maybe it's a little easier for me. But I, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard for me to think back, you know, 20 years. I mean, do I really have to admit how long ago it was? Um, 25 <laughs> years. Um, but, you know, it's, it, I mean, it really has been that long. Um, but, you know, like, did I know Sarek? Did I know, you know, what was my thoughts? Because, like, seeing Scotty in Relics, I movie Scotty. But, like, thinking about the TOS Scotty, I, that probably, I didn't get that. No, I'll, I'll admit, too, um, I remember my first reaction to seeing Scotty, specifically, because he's the really... He changed the most by far of anybody in that cast, and um, he got fat. unrecognizable to me. Un- un- totally unrecognizable to me. Like this, this young, dark-haired dude was this jolly old must- mustached guy in, you know, in the movies and then in TNG as well. So, um, but but what about you, Darren? What was your experience? What was your kind of viewing order? How did you? Was it? seamless was it like just one thing and then the other or is it kind of like phillips or is just kind of i am the star trek of forever (laughs) you can go forward or back (laughs) i made myself uh yeah no again very similar to you guys where i think 
I, you know, was introduced to the original series more in the movies. My uncle had a five VHS box set of the classic film Star Trek one through five had a shot of the enterprise on it. So it kind of looked like the enterprise was sliced into uh, five uh, pieces. So this was actually before, you know, six was added to it. Uh, And I remember watching those and enjoying, you know, I mean, they're great, they're great movies, you know, they're wonderful, uh, even on in, in VHS days, which who knows if that was even widescreen or maybe it was all pan and scan back then. But yeah, I, I definitely know that I'm weakest in the original series as far as knowing it, as far as seeing it. Uh, I, I think I caught a bit of it, you know, when my friend, you know, my, my friend Steven bought it on, uh, you know, when they re-released the, the classic sets, um, but again, I never grew up with cable, never really had that. So, you know, catching the late night reruns wasn't really a viewing option. My late night reruns were Voyager uh, you know, at 11 o'clock at night. So there may be one episode of the original series that has slipped through that I haven't even seen. It would not surprise me. But uh, it definitely now that the, you know, Netflix and the, the way that you can view a lot of the original series is just so ubiquitous. You know, I've tried to go back and, and re, uh, relearn and reabsorb the series, but it's, it's tough. It's, it's very nonlinear. It's, uh, you know, I almost want to just, I need someone to guide me through it because it's just, you know, I, I would almost rather watch just like not the best ones, but just kind of start there and ease into it. I definitely see what you're saying, Andy, about, you know, needing something to kickstart of like, okay, well, let's, let's watch the next one. It's like, no, I'd rather, there's, there's so much other track. I'd rather just rewatch than, than TOS, but it, it not to say, I, you know, I, that I don't enjoy it. You know, there, there are definitely some great Kirk moments, great moments between the crew, um, I feel a lot is lost in like the original motion picture. If you haven't seen um, the, any of the show, because so much of it is so subtly stated uh, because it's speaking to this generation that had grown up and had, had absorbed all of TOS. Uh, and then they just, it maybe was a little too subtle uh, in, in some of the, the, the ways they, they put things in the motion picture. But so that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All, all I can picture now is the spinning pad. Darren hates TOS. <laughs> I, don't put words in my mouth, Philip. You are no son of mine. <laughs> it's this, the press, you know. What can I say? Clickbait Spin, headline. The spinning pad, yeah. Oh, and by the way, Darren, if you need a resource um, about uh, first-time trekking, there's a Twitter stream I can recommend to you. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that for the show. Does anybody here on the podcast have any idea what that might be? No, or? sounds interesting though. Um. <laughs> In the ver- let's start at the beginning. I know that's a that's a novel idea. It's a crazy thought. It's a very good but, place uh, to start. Let's start. It's it's a good place to start. Uh, let's start with Encounter Farpoint. And I remember early early memories, not also being aware, or not being aware, I should say since not everybody's privy to our private conversations that we had before we started recording. On the other side of the Arboretum. Um, Not being aware of this character that they clearly built this entire scene around, Um, but the fact that that we get to see Dr. Leonard McCoy in really ridiculously heavy age makeup. Admiral Um, McCoy. Admiral McCoy, you're right. You're right. But is he still a doctor, though? I mean, he would still be, like, Dr. Admiral or Admiral Doctor? I don't know. Anyways... 
Uh, but Andy, you were the one that brought this up, so I'd like you to talk a little bit about it. Um, how, how tell, tell us a little bit of a st- the story about how you were you kind of came into this knowledge. You didn't even realize it. You went through all the way. Yeah, through Yeah, I mean, I, I watched all through TNG, and I did not catch that this was anybody I needed to know who they were in Encounters of Farpoint. I, I just, I guess, I figured it was some random old man. I don't know. Um, and then you know, watching the original series. And then the McCoy became so important to me, and I love him so much. And I didn't even realize that McCoy was in TNG until somebody said something to me, and I was like, wait, what? So that one went totally over my head. I missed that entirely. So I actually went back and watched it today and was just like, aw, bones. Um, so I, it, it's just... <laughs> Is that a is that a good final scene for you? Does that work as the last time you're going to see Bones? I mean, not, I hope that's not a spoiler, but I mean, he's he's like a hundred zillion years old, one hundred thirty-seven years, according to Starfleet records, Daniel. How do you know that so well, Philip? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any ears. <laughs> I don't see any points on your ears. Yeah, no ears. <laughs> he just gets racister the older he gets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I liked it, 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 but I do think that they kind of played up some of the qualities a little bit i don't know if i've ever heard his southern accent quite that strong and like calling him uh data boy um (laughs) but he definitely brought classic grumpy mccoy and that's always good um and i you know i wouldn't have gotten it even if i had known that was mccoy and even if i had had a concept of who mccoy was um the fact that he calls vulcans annoying now tickles me quite a lot and uh at the time i was just like who's this guy no idea well i, I mean and of course of course go ahead well, i mean I, I just love the the i can just play the whole thing like right now but anyway but like yeah i just love <laughs> all the singular touches because again the episode actually doesn't name him it just says like you know there's a admiral who's uh inspecting the sick bay or something and you know wharf is like telling uh uh you know babyface um you know hey you know he has to use a shuttle why doesn't he just beam over like the admirals are rather remarkable fellow and then you just cut to, to you know um which you know and and just like the singular t- hey, i love the music you know people me- know me i'm apologist for the early seasons i love the music during that scene i can just listen to the music alone even without any of the dialogue uh, it's just so heartfelt and like da 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 but then just you know data and and mccoy just walking down and just you know just treat her like a lady and she'll always bring you home it's 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 actually an interesting pairing as well, right? Because McCoy is the kind of passion, right, of of TOS, and obviously Data has passionless, completely, right, completely emotionless. But um, it, it, I really do like that scene as well, especially like you said, Andy, knowing now who that character is and is supposed to be. Um, it, it, it's also. The very, it's one of the very early, very few early references we get to TOS. And like Philip said, it was actually really subtly done. It wasn't something that they just threw at your faces and said, here. They were just like, nope, this is a guy who's important. And maybe you know who he is, maybe you don't. But he's got some interesting things to say, and then we'll move on with the episode. Yeah, we all know the Enterprise D has a strict policy of, of anyone from the original Enterprise treating him like uh, blank. So that's pretty much what happened, you know, as always. <laughs> Well, they they accommodated him quite a bit. He was old, and they they gave him a shuttlecraft. I mean, 
Does that ever happen again? But that we give old we Enterprise old... people shuttlecrafts? Oh. I think, yeah, that does happen yeah, one more time. Yeah, I don't know. I can't yeah. think of... Is it like, you know, are they baffled that the processing power and the speed of this shuttlecraft is, like, equi- equal to, like, that of the original Enterprise? Is it like, you know, <laughs> now ta- nowadays with the Apollo program, you know, you can fit, you know, my, my cell phone's more powerful than that? Yeah, and, and I would have maybe. loved to hear, you know, after the admiral's inspection, like, well, they changed sick bay again. I le- I know engineers; they love to change things. Like, sir, it's been fifty years since you last served aboard a starship. I think things should have changed. No. So no, <laughs> the bed still goes beep 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 beep. <laughs> Does hang on. Why do we never see Kirk like laying prone on the the medical bay and like pushing against the wall (laughs) treadmill? Why do we never see that? Why? Where did that technology go? I wonder. Uh, But but anyways, let's let's make our way up the list here. Um, Let's and then go to Scotty, who we we did mention a little bit here. Um, And Andy, we have you on here. You're going to you're going to be the first one to talk about these kinds of things. Um, Scotty. Relics is an interesting episode, and we, in fact, you can go back a few episodes and, and listen to uh, an entire talk about the whole the whole subject. But what do you? What did you f- initially think about Relics? And I know now, how has it changed? Has it changed for you? Like, does it change that episode? Does it? There are scenes in that episode, I imagine, that are. I would imagine, and I don't know if this is true, but I, I would think that are, are much, much more, more effective than they were without really being aware of who he was other than kind of a stereotype of beam me up, you know, kind of guy. Absolutely. Um, And I know that a lot of people have trouble realizing that I did have like a almost perfectly clean slate going into Star Trek, but I did not know who Scotty was. I had no concept of him as a character. Um, So, I I mean, I got, I kind of understood that this must be somebody from the original series, but I didn't have any sense of who he would be. Um, and Relics worked just fine for me the first time I, I watched it. It's it's a pretty well-crafted episode, and the themes still come through quite nicely, which basically is about getting older and st- still staying useful. And these sorts of themes are, are really interesting, and they were played really well. So I didn't need to know who Scotty was to enjoy that episode and to understand that episode. But I rewatched it today, and my oh my, are is it so much more fun now that I know who Scotty is? And I was also a lot more angry with Jordy this time around. I was like, Shh. I was like, shut your mouth, Jordy! You're talking to a national treasure. Like, how dare you not want to listen to all of his stories? You're lucky that Scotty wants to talk to you. You know. Um, so there was definitely a lot more of that this time around, but I did like it the first time I saw it, which is nice, which is important. It's a. Imp- how come, Daniel? You're never you're never angry at that red shirt ensign who's just like yeah, that's how you use a replicator. Stop talking to me, old man. <laughs> yeah, what a brat! <laughs> I I thought that was, I thought that guy. I actually thought that was a sadder scene. To me, it's always like like he's literally reached the lowest <laughs> rung, and like this is like. A, there's like some like acting ensign. Is there a yeman I can even talk get to? Him, he, can't, he can't even get him to stick around to, yeah, to listen to his Yeah, and that guy stories. is not going to become a legend. But, Let's but make d- that very clear. So he has no right to dismiss. No, he's in a he red shirt. He has no right to dismiss Scotty. Well, Scotty was in a red shirt. I mean, if he was a... <laughs> yeah, I know. If he was in a, a lieutenant in a blue shirt, then we'd know dead career. 
That's just, that's what that signals. But like, so I'm thinking particularly, of course, of the, the two scenes that I think probably everybody really likes in, in Relics. The, um, the bar scene with Data. And, Data! Um, but, but really, the, the big scene, which is on the bridge, the TOS bridge, the, it's the heart-to-heart that Scotty has with, with Picard. And the, you have to know both of those characters. Like, I imagine, like, if you... If, that's your first episode you've ever watched of Star Trek is Relics. That scene is effective, but knowing both of those characters, like, histories really, really just makes that a rich and incredible scene. Like, you know, when, you know, Scotty's talking about the Enterprise and Picard's talking about the Stargazer and it's like, you just get a sense that both of these men have led distinguished careers and have accomplished amazing things. And I I just, to me, it just seems like it would be much, much better knowing who Scotty was. was. I mean, it just makes me think, like, you know, just a bunch of old-timers down at the VFW be like, well, when I was on the PT, you know, 109 down in, you know, Mermosa, this is, you know, oh, yeah, well, we were, we were in Northern Africa, this, you know, and so it just, you know, sharing stories and, you know, drinking, which is exactly what they're doing in that episode, <laughs> you know, that's basically what, what vets do. Um, but, yeah, you know, because it, it strikes me that the, so, there's sort of parallel reasons for most of us, um, and I'm talking about, you know, all of us, literally, but then our listeners, you know, for, for some of us, like, you know, we came to TNG first, not everyone I know did, but, and so, you know, TNG sells itself to us, but sort of TNG was also trying to like, hey, Star Trek fans, you should still watch us, even though Kirk and Spock aren't in here, it'd be nice, you know, and so it's, it's <laughs> interesting on that level where they have to kind of like, hey, how do we, you know, keep the fans and not just appeal to new people? You know, like every franchise does, but they're doing the same thing here in the late 80s. And so it's that balancing act of doing something new, keeping the audience, keeping the franchise alive and all that stuff. So I think, you know, Relics, it's like, fangasm, Star Trek bridge, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really powerful scene once you know the kind of the history of that bridge and the history of Scotty. And how awesome he was in the original series. I was kind of going through some Scotty moments today, and man, I love Scotty. I mean, that that kind of feels like obvious, but he really was so funny and so wonderful. Um, I was watching my favorite moment with him, which is the moment where he gets super drunk with that uh, alien. He has the the whiskey. <laughs> And he starts to cry because the whiskey's gone. Um, and that actually comes up again in this episode because they make the joke. Yes. It's green. Something green. Um, and <laughs> it is. Gr- no, they don't say it's green. In, the, yeah. in our oh, series, yes, we say it is green. I'm just saying no contractions. I, I, and I like how you compare ca- uh, Scotty to Captain Jack from Pirates of the Caribbean. Where is all the whiskey gone? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that uh, that original series scene is so delightful. He is just so funny in it, and yeah. I just I love that he's just like that whole it's green thing is hilarious to me because it's totally portraying that part of the night where you're like whatever it's like peach schnapps uh, whatever I'll drink it. <laughs> It's like like you're 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 in a role playing game, or I'm trying to think of like the best metaphor. But like you know, you're you're suddenly like, here's your enemy. Oh wait, its weakness is being 
drunk to death. That's my my special ability. <laughs> I I attack with Scotty character. You know. <laughs> And and actually, you know, one one part of it as as a TNG fan specifically that I uh, that I appreciate is always the fact that uh, you know Scotty is impressed with Picard's drinking, um, and uh, you know he's like oh, Debra and whiskey. Who do you think they're <laughs> and, and and then of course we get to see a little bit of that later, you know, with Picard's youth, where you would have seen that he would have been that kind of guy. I may usually uh, drink but tea, was but like, when I don't, we yeah. also get to see um, <laughs> the chief engineer of the original Enterprise kind of, I don't pass the torch almost. Or like approve Jordy as a chief engineer, and that's really cool too. I would have loved to see Crusher and McCoy together, for instance. Um, but this is pretty cool to see both of the engineers together and interacting and working together to solve a, a new problem, and it's really really fun. I really enjoy that episode much much more now that I now that I know who Scotty is. Even though even though Jordy was kind of a dick in the beginning of the kind episode, kind of ugh. <laughs> like the first time through I was like come on man he's he seems nice like talk to him but this time through I was like shame Jordy LaForge shame Scotty <laughs> the man has lived <laughs> he in fact I think he was doing something when Jordy's he was out doing something when Jordy's grandparents were in diet <laughs> I don't remember no but come on Man, no, this is the guy who managed to not only beam whales, but the water around the whales onto the Enterprise. Give that man your respect. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, in the in relics, Scotty does kind of admit that at least half of his accomplishments are for are kind of forged, <laughs> are are kind of exaggerated. So, what do you uh, mean you don't no, factor I'm... in your time by three? How do you expect to be a miracle worker? <laughs> Jordy's like, because I don't want to get fired. I don't. What? He's like, <laughs> like Picard has you know security cameras everywhere. He would know <laughs> if. Uh, and there's this little boy Wesley. He's always messing up my plan. So, <laughs> and what do you mean you by don't way, sexually also... harass your female doctors? <laughs> That's how I do it. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, so moving on, guys, uh, let's talk about the, well, the biggest TOS character that we get in TNG. Uh, let's talk about Spock, Ambassador Spock, Unification. We get him in (laughs) 1.001 parts of an episode. We we get him as the, as the last five second filler of a two-parter. And then we get him, of course, um, in Unification Part 2. Uh, and Andy, I don't know how well, if you're aware of this fact or not, but the reason that Spock is in unification is kind of a cross-promotional thing for the undiscovered country. That was the idea. Um, so that's why he is basically in that episode. But um, going into that, not knowing Spock, you said you were very vanilla, you very completely not knowing what was going on in Star Trek. I mean, you must have had some cultural cultural idea of who Spock was, right? Yeah, I mean... I I don't think anyone could go very far without knowing at least, you know, the names Kirk and Spock. So I knew that he was important, but I didn't really know a whole lot more than that. Um, And it just, I guess it it just was like, okay, cool, this character. Um, And I was much more interested in the story than I was in the fact that Spock was there. I mean, to me, 
and again, it's hard to jumble it all in my memory. So that may just be retconning like so much. Well, I can't make that reference. Anyway, I was going to do a DS9 reference. But anyway, um, but, you know, it reminds me of like in episode Sarek featuring, see the title, um, that, uh, you know, there's just one word that Captain Picard says. The only <laughs> reference at all, other than Picard saying, I met the ambassador at his son's funeral. Doesn't say which son. Doesn't say which son. Um, but marriage. he just says the word. Yeah, I, you know, could have been his half son. Um, I don't even know he had a half son. But anyway, um, you know, this like just Picard just says the word <laughs> Spock. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Picard, he just oh, says the word, and that's all you get. It's like okay, he just said the word, and so it hangs there for however many episodes, like a season, I guess, or two, um, because uh, Unification basically is the sequel to Sarah because you have Sarah dying um, in part one. And so it, it's 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 just sort of a great loop there. Yeah, and uh, by the way, one of my own, most infamous tweets of all time that I still get crap for to this day is, wait, Sark is Spock's dad? <laughs> um, Spock, I know you don't have yeah. a dad. I know for a fact that you've never had a I dad. Just, I, had, I had no idea, and... Um, <laughs> I barely knew who Spock was to begin with, but I was like, oh, this is that dude's dad? Okay. And everybody just mocked me mercilessly. Like, how can you not know that Sark is Spock's dad? I'm like, do you not see the name on the tin here? It's first time track. Thanks. Um, but yeah, that was that was a super infamous moment. And that's really when I was like, oh, I should have watched the original series first. Oops. Yeah, I... You know, I, I I brought up Spock here, but we should just we should just lump Sarek and Spock together. We should just lump the episode Sarek and Unification in here because it, it is it's a whole episode. It's a continuation. You know, Sarek starts that storyline in TNG, but Unification Part Two ends this the Sarek storyline in all of Star Trek. And um, if any if there is any storyline that benefits from an initial watching of all of TOS, I imagine. This is going to be the one, like the fact that Sarek, we of course we first get him in the famous episode of Journey to Babel, um, and and then throughout the movies he shows up, and and then of course here we are, and Sarek, it's tough to compare the episodes Sarek and Unification, but Sarek is such a powerful episode to me, um, and Philip is right. I think the fact that he screams out his son's name and we know who he is is what really makes that episode. I, I think it's a phenomenal episode, I would imagine, no matter what. But just the emotional gut-wrenching impact of we know Vulcans are not allowed to care. They're not allowed to they're not allowed to feel. And what it is is it's this extraordinary circumstances wherein our stoic kind of unfeeling, generally speaking, captain is going to take on the ridiculously accelerated emotions of this unknown Vulcan, I guess, if you haven't seen before. Um, and then at the, at the apex of, of him handling all of, these, all of these emotions, he screams out this name that I just, man, like, Sarek might be a great episode, and I think it probably is without knowing who this character is. But afterwards, I just think it changes the whole, it changes the whole game, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, the first time I saw it, I loved it. I thought it was a beautiful episode. 
Um, and it really is a testament that, you know, they could make this episode and I didn't have to know the whole Sarek Spock relationship and I didn't have to know how far Sarah could come to enjoy that episode. That episode stands alone. Um, but rewatching is just that much more resonant because I, because I knew how, how strange the relationship between Spock and Sarek is and, and also, um, knowing who Amanda, Amanda is this time through and like thinking about how, how loving a Vulcan would be and like never feeling like you get that in return, but it's been buried there the whole time. I think that's really beautiful. Mm. And I really like Perrin too, as a character, um, and and just thinking about these two women that he loved so intensely, but never was able to express that. Oof, that's good stuff. He definitely has a type. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I actually also want to bring this up, even though it's a little bit outside of our purview. But um, the the moment, um. The moment that in the in the 2009 JJ movie, when when Spock comes up from the planet, well, no, it's after he he comes up from the planet. But when later on he's he has the breakdown on the bridge, right, and attacks Kirk, and um, and basically goes into the transporter room and, and starts talking to Sarek, and Sarek is like, you know, I, to- I I told you that I married your mom because it was logical but I married her because I loved her. Like th- that has so many shades of Sarek of the episode Sarek for me that I think that's one of the huge uh, positives of me of that movie. That's one of the things I love so much about that movie is actually the portrayal of Sarek. And I think this character in a lot of ways, um, I don't want to say he's more interesting or than Spock. Cause I don't think that's true, but I think he's equally as compelling as Spock. This character that 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 I, I mean, if we had a Star Trek Sarek series, I would love it. If we had this show where this this alien went to a, 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 a this crazy world where all of these people acted crazy all of the time, but he he held these things in and and just he has all this conflict all the time, much more than I I think Spock does because it, Spock is naturally inclined to feel those things. I, I don't know. I just I, I've always been very drawn to the Sarek character. And uh, so this episode in particular has a lot of resonance for me. I really enjoyed um, him in the movies. I mean, he's really, really good in the original series as well. Um, And his original series episode's really good. But I really love him in the movies. I really love... I really love uh, that moment in Search for Spock where he and Kirk have that that moment together where he realizes, or at least he thinks, that Spock is truly dead. Um, And that grief he has is just amazing. And then also even um, after that, uh, in Voyage Home, where he comes out... And like stands up for Kirk and is just such a badass. I think I tweeted it as like <laughs> he mic drops before he even starts speaking. Like he just 
is so awesome. <laughs> the Vulcans dropped yeah, the mic. It's just... yeah. Well, I, I also like in Star Trek Four that Sarek apparently takes over planet Earth's government. He's like, so Mr. President, look, just step out of the way. I, I, I got this. I got this. Uh, we'll send out the emergency. Do you anything, Mr. President? Because I don't know. I mean, we see that come through in Picard's reaction to him. He's starstruck by this guy because he has been so important to this world and to the Federation and to Starfleet that like him meeting this guy and then like interacting with him is like he is just fanboy at the very beginning, like so excited and then beginning to see like Sark break down and then ending up being really really close to him in such a unique way it's great that whole that character arc from top to bottom starting in the 60s and ending on the next generation is just incredible yeah and i and this is probably me reading too much into it but like in sarek if you know the sarek story and then you see picard sort of emoting sarek's feelings but then there's a parallel because where is Picard? He's in his quarters, but he's not alone. He's with Beverly. And yes, she's the doctor, but he's also, she's also there holding his hand. And so you have Picard as Sarek, you know, admitting his feelings for all of his human wives. But then you have the Picard-Beverly relationship, which maybe that wasn't even meant, you know, they're just like, well, right. Beverly will be there because she's the doctor. But, like, I don't know. To me, I see that relationship that Picard is someone who is often – you know, portrayed as someone who plays it close to the vest as well. You know, very Vulcan sometimes, I believe. Actually, I think Sarek calls him that. Or maybe Spock does. You know, the man's very Vulcan or something. Um, that, But there's that parallel between those characters that helps you ex- explain that. I would agree. And I actually think that Beverly being there is pretty specific. Um, I mean, who else is going to hold Picard while he cries? Is there anybody else that's equipped for that? Riker. Warps all like According Riker. According to there, the journey. There. Apparently it's no. Riker. As comforting as Riker's beard is, Bringing, I think you no. need Beverly in that scene. Actually, if, if well, we can't talk about it. Sorry. Always um, choose anyways, the um, redhead. Always choose redhead. But no, no. Um, uh, and also another interesting thing about that is the fact that we... Interject sounds too, like, forceful, but we, like, Picard now becomes a part in some small way of the TOS family, right? He he is connected to of those classic characters that we've known and loved in a way that nobody else ever has, or probably nobody else... I mean, Cisco did, who- you know, shake his hand, but, you know, that doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Um, Spoilers. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's that last shot of unification. You know where you have, I don't, you know Spock touching, you know Sarek through Picard. He's literally the conduit uh, between yeah. father, you know, dead father and son. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's a very interesting relationship that the future helps the past. You know, and all that stuff. Well, I think one of the reasons I think it was so wise of them to focus on Sarek instead of making like imagine if every Sarek episode was a Spock episode like oh there's only one Vulcan we can talk about here's it's you know <laughs> but by focusing on Sarek because then you're getting Spock but you're getting it in like this kind of undertone like through this lens whereas in the in the scenes like in unification where where we see just Spock it's always different the way we're 
we're interpreting his character because it's just him. Whereas so much, I think, of the Spock character is the Spock dynamic between him and Kirk, between him and McCoy, between, you know, him and the rest of the crew, you know, him in his prime, him on the Enterprise, his Enterprise. So in a way, you know, Leonard Nimoy almost had to redefine his own character in the unification episodes because he's he's out of water. I mean, he's he's on this totally other planet and he and he can't, you know, put a jab against Picard. Picard's not going to react like Bones does, you know. He's not going to punch him yeah. like Q, you know. Uh no, but uh <laughs> I, he's like no, I'm not no, I'm I, not Bones. <laughs> just, I like, know. <laughs> but Spock Spock is a legend and Sarek is a man. I mean, I, I, as weird as that is to say, because, of course, right, the character of Sarek would hate to hear anybody say that. But Spock Spock comes with a lot of baggage, but Sarek allows you to do a lot of, exactly, a lot of interesting things. And, uh, and we got to explore them, you know, for at least for a little bit on TNG. And I think everybody here would agree that if it's better to know who Sarek is. It's a character, and and I do uh, follow first time Trek, so I know that Andy has seen the episode where uh, that was where glorious. Q, so. oh, I about yeah. passed out on the ground. <laughs> it was a thing of beauty. It's like my life is awesome right now. I just got to see Cisco punch Q in the face. Oh, uh, and Daniel, I'm forgetting. Forgetting uh, which episode was that? Oh, that is Qless. Oh, oh got it you right. Did. Got it right. Someone's been right. watching Twitter. I am. Uh, Andy and I had actually mentioned it. We talked about it earlier this week. So I saw that. You looked at your arm. You have the answers all written there. <laughs> it's a new tattoo. Hide it's just all Q, the Q episodes. It's his Q I would, uh, I see. I would point out that Q the only the reason he knows Q that is because we talked about it earlier. And I told him. Uh, yes, yes. I will, I, will give, I will give Andy all credit I'm, for I'm that. I'm going to give Daniel the benefit I, of the doubt, though. <laughs> So no, she gave no, you your, no, she gave you your Q? Okay. Don't even bother. She said, I saw the Deep Space Nine Q episode, and I said, oh, yeah. Is that uh, the Q in the gray? No, and she, no, she <laughs> told me. The conversation lasts 30 minutes. Was it um, Deja <laughs> Q? Uh, was it was True it Q? Tapestry? That doesn't even have a Q in it. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Was it All Good Things? No, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we have uh, a few things to talk about. Still, not as much time. But, oh, I mean, but let's... just I want to quickly interject because we uh, we talked about TOS characters um, endorsing TNG counterparts, and so I feel like it would I, quickly Spock does endorse Data. Like they have their scene. Very you know, we much. talked about you know, and where it's basically you know, and I know we've talked about it a million times, but like they literally say, literally, I'm using that word literally because that's literally what they do. That they are two opposite characters, you know. <laughs> Data's the Spock here, except that they're completely different. That's it. and they explain, oh, I'm the guy who was raised Vulcan, even though I am human. And Data's <laughs> it's like almost I'm as if we were opposites, sir. <laughs> no, duh. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I mean, all of our listeners here on, on Earl Grey will know that that we disagree with this kind of boiled-down opinion that, that Data is the Spock I mean, their catchphrases are different. I mean, it's obvious. It, <laughs> well, they both curse inappropriately <laughs> at times, but nevertheless. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But, um, no, that's a great scene. Oh, man, I love that scene so much uh, where they're talking. Like, 
And Spock learns a little bit of a lesson there. Like Spock's like, I can see yeah, him writing in his I journal guess. at the end of the day. Today, I met an artificial life form named Data, and I learned something about myself. <laughs> and Data's like, "Dear Commander Maddox, <laughs> I learned how to do the Vulcan nerve pinch today. By the way, still alive." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny if Spock right, had so tried to Vulcan nerve pinch data and it just doesn't work at all because he doesn't have nerves there. Uh, well, they, it's very easy to do Although it. Beverly <laughs> you can do the nerve pinch on data pretty easily. <laughs> Beverly can nerve pinch him, that's for sure. And Riker's so, like, I'm just pulling your right, leg, guys, data. Actually, taking your arm off. <laughs> actually, your head. Oh, oh, pulling your leg. Come on, Philip. You, you can aim higher than that, Philip. Oh, jeez. So there are things from TOS that were directly taken into TNG. Control and, C, Control V. Uh, let's talk. <laughs> yes, Control C, Control Control Copy, Control Verbatim <laughs> into TNG. And let's talk about the the most blatant and the most obvious Enterprise. of them: the naked. Well, I guess kind of the naked now. Philip, <laughs> stop interrupting. You mean the naked time? The naked. I mean, no. it's literally time. one word different. No, by the way, shoot. I, did I no, do no, the by the way, no, that is didn't. my kryptonite episode titles. I cannot remember which one is which. It's Naked Now Time is how I always call them because I can never remember which one's which. <laughs> the, naked, the Naked Now is the TOS episode, right? I don't remember. Naked Now is the. Is, <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure. Andy, you tell us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> naked Time is TOS. Naked Four people Now and nobody can get Naked, naked right. Naked Now is is TNG. We need Chris here to say Naked. No, I think I'm it's the other way around. Now. I'm I, I'm voting Now is TNG. Yes, Naked, naked Now naked. <laughs> is the next generation. Yep. Oh, because I remember because right. Time would... just the Naked Time that sounds like a TOS title. And Now is always TNG time. Because so. we're we're the it generation now. <laughs> so I so Darren was right. Um, Hashtag generation now. <laughs> generation next generation now. So the the naked now uh, is is I think generally regarded as a kind of a really um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The uh, <laughs> no, right. Uh, well. Uh, <laughs> Low hanging fruit. When you have good intentions, but they don't work. Um, miss opportunity. Anyways, whatever. Um, well, missed opportunity, right? Okay, but that's not what I'm saying. But anyways, it's it's generally looked at as a disappointment compared to what the TOS episode was. But that is, of course, in hindsight. <laughs> um, Andy, once you saw. The Naked Time. Did you even think about the Naked Time? No, I did. I, that was like, one that I was hey. like, oh, this was the TNG episode. And I was like, wow, this one's so much better. Um, and then now that I, I rewatched it, actually, because we did a ready room. <laughs> actually, I think Phil was there. Um, we did a ready room on the TNG one. And I, was, and I rewatched it, and I laughed a lot about Riker, like, Googling people taking showers as a way to solve... <laughs> He's like, I think at one point I heard about somebody taking a shower with their clothes on and like figures it out. And I'm like, really? There are actually tags for that story that he was <laughs> searching. There actually is. Oh, yeah. No, I just wanted to it's, there actually is a Twitter account called Riker Googling, and it's just like these one oh, word yes, lines. Is. 
It's 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 brilliant. I mean, if you can only choose one Trek, no, if you only choose one Trek, Twitter to follow, TNG season eight. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's season eight. Season eight is great. Can you can you get STDs from a headset? Much like that. Better episode on the original series. Um, for one, we get Sulu with a sword, which I think is the highlight of that episode. Um, and just in general, it, it works better there, and I'm not sure why, to be honest. I think the main problem with the TNG one... Wesley. No. The, I think... Wesley? No. I think the main problem with the TNG one is we don't actually know these characters very well yet. I think oh, that's right. like I having, it's like having a mirror I'm, universe episode in season one. It's like, well, wait, these are are these different? No, but I'm how pretty they're sure acting? the naked time is. All right, I'm gonna look it up right now. Well, like, yeah, I mean, because yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's a, just a early episode to be like, okay, here's everyone go. But hang on, Philip. I'm sorry. I just I, don't, I hate Daniel. I hate if you prick you, but, me, but the, <laughs> do, I not do I not leak leak? <laughs> The the naked time is the sixth episode. Yeah, it's still an early of episode. The original yeah. series. This is no much. This is not much further along than the naked time is. I mean, I'm sorry. Than the naked now is. So that I mean, I I don't disagree with you that it's a better episode. But the idea that the fact that we don't know these characters, it's kind of a trope. I think at this point, like it's that's not the issue. It was with the for episode. me. There's probably many issues with the episode, but that's not what the problem is. Now all I can think of is Spaceballs. Like, yeah. when is then? When will then be now? This is now. Now, soon. <laughs> this is soon. <laughs> How soon is now? <laughs> Go back to then. <laughs> I am human and I need to be loved. So, so that was that was literally the only like kind of carbon copy episode I think of TNG from the TOS, except right? for the. I mean, episode lots of, title that you're going to talk about soon. Well, right. So I was going to I was going to halfway mention where no one has gone before. I thought it was titled where no but, but they, one has been uh, gone before. <laughs> but really, you know, the episodes are not that similar. Uh, one has to do with a creepy <laughs> alien being who wants to. Uh, take advantage of his friend, and the other one has to do with a creepy alien being who wants to take advantage of a minor. <laughs> so they're totally different, Philip, and uh, maybe you should not complain. Daniel, the two. you're not allowed to talk about those things. You're not ready to talk about those things. <laughs> uh, I did mention this. No, I just got in, in my entitled... head, like, you just, you, you just see, like, the regular setup, like, you always see it, and, like, you know, the traveler's just sitting there, walking in, and then, like, Chris Hansen walks out, like, Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> the traveler's like, um, I'm here to uh, te- teach a young boy oh, about no, I just time McDonald's. and space. Time just... and space, is that what they're calling it? Why don't, you, why don't you have a seat right over there, buddy? Right over there by the warp core. <laughs> um, no, 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 but... Um... Yeah, real quick, guys. Um, we were going to talk about uh, Phase Two, which was going to be the which was the, uh, the the original series kind of second go at, at television. And there are two specific episodes that oh. the scripts were written for the TOS characters, <sighs> but then were kind of rewritten um, 
when times were tough, they couldn't find a script, whatever, for the TNG characters. And uh, one of the episodes yeah. is The Child, and the other is Devil's Due. And uh, one of those episodes is terrible, and one of those episodes is great. Now, uh, would, um, who was going to get violated in the TOS crew in The Child? See, this is what I was trying to Ilea? remember, and I didn't do enough research. I thought it was Ilea, but I'm oh, not was it, sure. Was it Kyle? I was thinking it was going to be Ilea. <laughs> oh, my God. Kyle. Ugh. What if what, what if it was Kyle, though? Would you have more sympathy and for him? And then, like, uh, Scotty looks at me like, I don't mean to be indelicate, but who's the father? <laughs> <laughs> No, that episode would have been bad no matter who was violated because uh, it's gross. It's gross no matter what character is, is involved there. Yeah, that's it's what? that's a terrible episode. Yeah. Well, well, how do you guys feel about Devil's Due? Let's let's talk about a more successful I, episode. I like Devil's Due. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like I the part where Spock mind melds with the... Oh, wait, you, you said Devil's Due. <laughs> Devil's mind. in the Due Dark. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I like that. Um, I, like that. <laughs> I like the technology she has, like with the eyes controlling the, the heads-up display that only she can see and how she controls her uh, you know, ship. I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. I would have loved to have seen her as a as a female foil for Picard her, again. I, I female Harry Mud. I'm sorry. I think she starts like her she Harry starts Mudd. her own well, uh, a band, and it's like her Vosh, the female Q. <laughs> it's like all the, the women, the ex girlfriend. She wasn't like she ex girl. She wasn't played co- like comedically. That wasn't how that character w- was. But I After thought Picard I thought versus she was the universe. Really sorry. Co- Take, to take this a really box. compelling and interesting character, and I wish we, I really would, I re, like, and they end the episode kind of on like, I'll see you again, Picard. Wink. Like, like I would, it was totally I would have been like fine a, if she showed up again in Nottingham or Sherwood yeah, Forest man. or somewhere. <laughs> uh, she has Forest. awesome boots. That's basically all I remember is that Arza. she rocked really, really cool boots, and she looked like Zool, and that was about well, it. Like, That's isn't it a very Kirkian thing that Picard does? Like, I'll offer myself to be your love slave. <laughs> As collateral. <laughs> I'll talk your computer to death. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I love that episode. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is about that. I don't know if it's if it's the portrayal of that character or, like... like the only way to make it better wacky- is instead of Data being the judge, like, Q shows up. And it's the judge. <laughs> well, now I'm recasting it. I think Q and Arja would have been a much better match than so it, it, was, it, it was. Oh, great! What's the Phase Two Vulcan's name? Something. Uh, Sa- the guy who gets fried in the transporter. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. that guy. That's because that was his <laughs> inside, inside yeah, that was, out. That was going to be Phase Mr. Two Potato spot, Potato, you know, because whatever. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, just so. Kill him. Yeah, so we're not we're not watching this series, so we're just gonna kill your character. Yeah, yeah. yeah they've actually been introduced, but let's just congratulations never for your literally runner prize. Seen Tell him what he wins. <laughs> We've literally never seen him ever. Like, but we're just gonna kill him. Yeah, so like he would have been the judge. Kirk would have you know offered himself just you know first first thing even without a, a, a conflict um, as the you know love slave in the bargain. 
Um, and then Scotty would have figured out that it was Ardra, and you know, yeah, I, I could see it. What if he had wagered like the Enterprise, and then he's like, "Don't worry, number one, we can always just separate it and leave her with the saucer." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll leave Chekhov in command. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 either I didn't know, or I'd long since forgotten that this was a, a TOS Phase Two. Because I mean, it's it's way deep into TNG. Yes, um, guys, we need a script. <laughs> <laughs> Blew off those books with wor- those bricks with words. <laughs> Give me a new script. Uh, but what did you think when you did your rewatch, Andy of Devils? Do did it feel very TOS? No, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Um, thinking back on it, no. I mean, I, I think that that concept works with either crew. Um, so I could see it as a TOS episode, but it worked pretty well on TNG. That's a fun episode. You know, it again, uh, I know you haven't seen this episode yet of, of DS9, but it it I won't spoil the plot of it, but it, it kind of parallels, if you remember, Philip, the, the DS9 episode where that other prophet slash emissary comes out of the wormhole and is yeah, all like I just watched that recently like within the I mean, past just month just loosely but uh mm-hmm. but yeah again you know it's yeah it doesn't feel very TOS it it just which again is probably why none of us <laughs> recognize that oh this was an old script well, which in a way is good i well, mean should it feel like a TOS script you know or should it feel like a star trek script well, look, I think the challenge is it's a phase two, and nobody here knows what phase two would have felt like. I mean, we're just like, I mean, it that's just true. Not, wasn't necessarily just going to be like TOS season four, you know, because well, it was in the 70s um, or planned to be in the 70s. So it's basically like pretend the motion picture is a TV series. And it's like, ah, uh, it's hard to do. So, so remind me again. So phase two was with Kirk and the gang, right? Like it was Except just no later. Spock. Yeah, and new Spock. Okay. No Spock. I, I, yeah. or I couldn't Spock remember if it was like Spock. so. It's so it's not pre next gen next gen. It's like no. post TOS TOS. Okay. Yeah. And then didn't they also have Decker and Ilya? Yeah, that's true. I well, think they did. Yeah. But we call them Riker and Troy in, in this podcast. Yes, that's why they, they morphed. Into at least Riker they didn't die on the transporter pad in the first scene. They <laughs> they left by the end. <laughs> I'm just really glad that um, we only had to see Decker once. Standard orbit would be that a lot was, more awkward when we're talking about. Well, <laughs> I think he should have stuck oh, around yes. and then made it all the way to Star Trek Four, and then the principal cast of Seventh Heaven can reunite. That's true. That's fun. <laughs> and then I hate Jessica Biel just shows up for no reason. I was gonna say, was would Jessica Biel play like a whale? <laughs> like, know. how would that work? <laughs> Would she play Gracie? I don't know. What, I don't know. <laughs> but would Jessica Biel play a whale? The phrase you would never hear on Moment at Warp. <laughs> this is why Daniel is not a Hollywood executive. You know, you're pitching Star Trek Four. It's like, all right, well, we have we're going to bring in uh, Jillian. I think that's her real name. I can't remember. Um, to be, uh, you know, to be kind of, you know, the woman. Like, hey, Jessica Biel, can she play a whale? Um, I, we can see if she's available. I, we hadn't really thought about going in that direction. Um, and then Leonard and Har- Harv just going to corner going, maybe we can shot this to another company. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like she was like probably like three or four <laughs> times. Well, no, no. I thought that, that, that's true. This is, wait, this is the Star Trek, you know, three backwards, three E um, pitch meeting where like, you know, what was a popular movie. Star Trek 4. You know, maybe Star Trek 3 could be like Star Trek 4. You know, Jessica Bell. Could she play a whale? <laughs> no, no, 
right. I think we're way, right, okay. way <laughs> off topic. Way off topic here. Uh, so Jessica <laughs> Bill isn't the only thing we've been talking about on Trek FM. No, 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 I'm kidding. Let's one quick thing before before Made we wrap flippers up, love interest. Um, all I'm saying. Oh god. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. That just opened up a world of possibilities in my mind, but we're not going to get into it. Um, so the way TNG handles TOS uh, is is just the, the way I wanted to close it out because early on in TNG. Uh, Famously, Gene said, no Vulcans, you know, no, no TOS elements, no mentioning this, no mentioning that, no, nothing, this has to stand on its own, this series has to be its own thing. And then once Gene started kind of becoming less involved, you know, due to uh, dying and stuff, um, <laughs> it eventually... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't mean to be insensitive, but you know. I have to make that the previous on track FM. <laughs> Due to death and um, his lack of involvement. <laughs> and it's like I think I think he wanted to spend more time with his children or something. Um I don't know. Um no, um But but I know what you're saying, Daniel. Do- it's it's almost as if like you know, it's like Doctor Who saying, well, we can't have dialects ever. You know, we can't. I mean, it's yeah. like, why not? You know, I mean, that's one of the benefits of Star Trek is it has a history. Why not tap into that history? And he was just like, you know, no, let's not do that. And everyone's like, why? That's crazy. And if all. Yeah, it's. There's an in- I mean, Darren, to, to put it, Darren, to put it personally to you, it would be like. It would be like the new Star, Star Wars moving Star Wars movie being like, we can't use stormtroopers. Like, what the heck? Like, they're not allowed in this new movie. But no, instead, we're going to get flames throwing stormtroopers, silver stormtroopers, you know, girl stormtroopers, black stormtroopers, all the stormtroopers. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> all the stormtroopers. Exactly. And that's what's going to be better. It's better if you play with it, if you play with those old conventions and you like, you put your own spin on them and, and, so T- TNG did not do that right away. They were forbidden from talking about TOS um, almost exclusively, except for um, the Naked Now, which which kind of stands out apart. Uh, but but besides the fact that whatever for whatever reason they allowed that to go through, we don't really talk about the exploits of Kirk. We don't really talk about how TOS was um, until much much later in the series and. Uh, if T- if if Star Trek was a po- if Star Trek was a series that existed now, I don't think that would fly. <laughs> I don't think it would, that would work. When you say it wouldn't fly, I mean I think if if there was really that much of a meeting between, I mean like two two really big parts of Star Trek, I think it would probably cause the ship to crash. I think that would. I'm seeing the executives just, just like going into the meeting, and there's no one else there, and they're like. <laughs> Well, the computer's talking, and it's like five, <laughs> four, <laughs> three, two. Well, and then, like the executive building, just get out, get out of there. It's been fun talking about Seventh Heaven today, but this is just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on Seventh Heaven FM. Previously on Trek FM, Standard Orbit. And I think it was a very anticlimactic 
thing for a lot of people because they were expecting me to to do you know my raw and ranting thing but instead i just was like oh that's depressing okay bye earl gray they've now shifted into the biff controlled 1985 who got a hold of the almanac in order to turn yesterday's enterprise the enterprise c is the delorean in this scenario the orb i'd like to see the borg assimilate Ferenginar, and then they would become bankers. You know, I could see... Oh my gosh, I could see bankers. drones. Yeah, yeah. The, the world's <laughs> strictest bank ever. Right. I'm sorry, you have not paid your loan. You will be assimilated. <laughs> the nanites go into you. <laughs> yes! <laughs> to the journey! I, I, I kind of want something with a little bit more teeth. For some okay. reason, like, like starting a garden just doesn't scream mirror universe to me. <laughs> Starting a garden doesn't have tea. <laughs> the ready room. I hate to put it this way, but maybe in, in some strange, twisted logical sense, if Archer just kind of flew on by and didn't help the colonists, the Enterprise D would have never crash landed on Viridian. So Three. it's not Troy's fault; it's Captain Archer's fault. Literary tricks. This is this is something that doesn't get done a lot in books because I don't think the time period's supposed to be that long. Mm-hmm. But what did you end up thinking about having a story take place before where no man's gone before? Well, I thought personally that it was really cool. The 602 Club. My two favorite scenes in the film are Cap saying, language! <laughs> and then the rest of what the jokes that go with that. And then Cap moving the hammer just enough then Thor's face when he can't pick it up is priceless and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm so check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek talk you'll find them in iTunes Stitcher TuneIn the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zoom visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience you can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows if you would like to contact us just go to Trek.fm slash contact from there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook.com slash TrekFM or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. 
All right. Well, Andy, as our special guest, and, and we've mentioned many times here, the, the first time trekker, tell us, please, where people can find you on the internet because, you know, we love to hear your opinions, and I'm, I'm sure all of our listeners will as well. Uh, well, the easiest way to find me is on Twitter, at First Time Trek, where I am uh, now watching DS9, so you can get involved with that. And Ooh. then also, uh, I have my Tumblr project at uh, firsttimetrek.tumblr.com, and that's basically my archive of old tweets um, and currently going through TNG. And then lastly, you can check out my podcast, Women at Warp, which I host with three other women. And you can uh, see most of that at womenatwarp.com. And I think I speak for everyone here on the podcast when I say the Women at Warp podcast gets the official Earl Grey two Aww, thumbs up. thank you. It's a great podcast. It's a lot of fun. Everyone There's three of us, it. but it gets two <laughs> thumbs up. That's right. Someone <laughs> did a vote. Somebody did a vote. <laughs> I have seen. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously, everybody, check that out. It's 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 a great podcast. Just 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 fantastic. So everybody should listen to that as well. Um, and and Darren, of course, where would they find you as well? They can find me on Twitter under username Doctor Sci-Fi. That's D R S C I F I. And Philip, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, they can reach me on Twitter as well. Uh, my handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina. People can find me on Twitter as well, at 1UpDan. That is the number one, not the word. Uh, So I have, guys, I have made these eggs for Antonia, and she's upstairs. Um, So I've got to get going because I have to deliver (laughs) to her her breakfast in bed. Um, But we'll catch you next week on Earl Grey. Engage. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Are we done now? Fire. Seventh heaven. I can't remember the theme song, but it should now be playing whatever the theme song is. I know it's words, oh, but all I know oh. is the chorus is the seventh, seventh heaven. Seventh heaven. Yeah.